This podcast should not be considered as medical or legal advice. If you are looking for such advice, then do contact a professional. But please find someone that has a brain and can think critically about what's going on in the world today. This is the Collective Resistance Podcast with your hosts, Leo and Fabiola. We will be discussing why we find ourselves resisting the narratives of the common collective, as well as why the common collective resists new information. Fabiola. Hey, Leo, what's happening? Well, we are back for episode 65. Five? Is it 65 already? Wow. Is it? Number 65. Can you believe it? No. What do you mean you can't believe it? You've been here for all of them. <laughs> I have. I have, but it just went by so fast. Well... I didn't think we would make it to 10. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, we, and now we are at 65. That's nuts. That makes two of us. <laughs> um, and we've got a special guest today, but before we go to the special guest, I just kind of wanted to bring everybody up to speed with what we've been doing this season. If you have been listening or you haven't been listening, we kind of wanted to frame stuff because uh, today's episode falls in line with the other episodes that we've, we've uh, recorded this season in season seven. And uh, we've, we've been calling us, I think you coined it behind the veil uh, mm-hmm. is what you beyond said. The or beyond the veil. Yeah. I might have to make sure I check my notes there. <laughs> and, uh, uh, We've we've done some controversial topics, you know, yeah. um, but they've been you're, fun. You're a little nervous, right, with the controversial topics? No, 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 no. I, <laughs> I just mean I just mean they're they. And I guess when you think about it, we've always been controversial because we've been really focusing in on virology and the mm-hmm. pandemic and really the non-narrative storyline, which you know we've come to learn there's really multiple non-narrative storylines and, yeah. and and we've kind of fallen in into one it's mostly all distraction yeah i mean mostly all distraction but uh um in this behind the veil series um you know we're we're trying to find topics that you know are going to be engaging people or maybe things that you don't have exposure to before and we're just kind of playing with those you know what i mean those ideas and uh um i think you and i have even fallen into different spots on different topics, mm-hmm. you know, as far as what we, we think is really going on or how I it just, plays in. I just think you're a little behind me. Behind <laughs> you? <laughs> well, well, as always, right? <laughs> you know, while you were thinking about the lab leak, I'm like, dude, there's no lab leak. It took you a while to be like, oh, okay, there's no lab leak. <laughs> but, you know, I think I play a critical role. You do? No. I mean, you're essentially, if you were the same, one of us would be. Unnecessary. That's right. Okay. So, so you know, I, I think it's been a good exercise to walk down the path. And, uh, you know, our guest today uh, is somebody that we've had on before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very engaging conversation. And we're looking forward to the, the conversation today. But uh, we want to try to look at a lot of those topics we we've talked about kind of get his take and then um you know really we, we want to see what's standing out for him because he's one of these prolific content creators you know he's mm-hmm. online literally almost every day his show is daily i think he may take a day off on saturdays 
Maybe, maybe, uh, except but when something interesting is happening in the news. But his content is always very intriguing, very deep. And hopefully you guys will remember him from what season was he on? Was it season uh, three? I think it was four? maybe four, four mm-hmm. or five. Um, I was looking today, but I didn't count it out. You know, we don't name them by number. So when you're just looking at the, uh, the published page, it doesn't show what number it is. Oh. So uh, you kind of have to do some, some factoring. But yeah, I believe it was probably season uh, four is mm-hmm. what it was. But It was actually when he was on, it was when we were, I mean, Australia and Canada were cracking down. Yeah. Big time. Either you get your jab or you were just the well, it's hard. Come a society. I did look at the date. It was November last year. Oh, it was a year ago. Yeah, it was a year oh, ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Man, it, so much has changed. changed. Yeah. So the much V safe changed. data is out. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. On yeah. the vax. That's uh, the, that's... the quack skeins, <laughs> <laughs> the clot shot. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, we always have fun when we visit with him and uh, he's somebody that uh, he just has a grasp of. Have you revealed his name? I haven't yet. I'm going to introduce him once we bring him on. You said people like that. Yeah. They like the mystery. Did I say that? No, 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 no. You said that people like the guests like when I introduce them once they're on. You know, if I was a guest, I would like that better rather than us just starting so yeah yeah, it's not like we have him in the green room or anything (laughs) (laughs) but i I guess let's go ahead and bring him out all right and then we'll do the introduction here okay all right all right we are joined today with robert phoenix from the great state of texas robert is an astrologer blogger and online personality that discusses what's going on in our world today, and he's a good friend of ours. Robert, welcome to the show. Welcome back. Uh, it's, it's great to be back. I think, what was the last time I was with you guys? Maybe about two years ago, I think? No, it was, it was well, you know year. what, maybe it was no, two years ago. No, it was ago. last year. Oh, yeah, it was because we were here. So yeah, we were in Idaho, anyway. so it, it was November. About a year ago? November, yeah. Yeah, yeah we were just talking, because what were you saying was going on? It was, uh, <laughs> Australia was really kind of getting... Yeah, that's when Australia and Canada and New Zealand, they were cracking down, you know, like just throwing people in jail for it. But but Robert, we wanted to make sure you knew that you were top of mind uh, with us. (laughs) (laughs) Top of mind is important. (laughs) I'm striving for top of mind. So we're glad that we get a chance to to reconnect. But yeah, we wanted to rib you a little bit on that. And and, and on that topic, you know, we were debating the show of it all. And, and you know, you showing that clip where she was repeat. The, and for those of you who don't know, we were talking about the uh, uh, press, press secretary, secretary. Uh, repeating this statement about um, the, the president having this this deceased congresswoman as being top of mind. And she repeated that specific way of, of referring to it. What was it like seven or eight times? In- well, there were seven times in the video that I counted from her, and then two times coming from the press corps. So there were nine total. Nine. I had never heard that phrase before in my entire life, and here I am watching this this press conference, and I hear it nine times in the span of what? three or four minutes. It was hilarious. Well, but I will tell you, I, I have heard that phrase, but it, I haven't heard it in a long time. And, and it was funny because I was telling Fabi today that I was on a call with one of my coworkers and he said, you know, you got to keep that top of mind. 
It's literally oh that, that that was this, that was this morning, and I was like, "Oh, I wonder if he's seen the uh, press secretary do that." Now he's got that in his in his head. Now <laughs> top of mind is top of mind. Top of mind, top of mind. We're, we're going full postmodern here. Yeah, um, but 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 Robert, you know, this season we've dubbed it in these ten episodes that we're we're doing. We've dubbed it behind the veil, and we've you know explored some beyond interesting beyond the veil. Oh yeah, yeah, beyond the veil. Okay, I keep getting it wrong. <laughs> And uh, we've explored some interesting topics like the Mandela effect, Tartaria. Tartaria. You inspired me with the tire thing. Tartaria. Tartaria. Flat Earth, the frequency fence, you know, which I'm not sure Fabian and I've landed in the same place on all those topics, but... I'm way ahead of him. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I know you've dealt with a lot of those, those topics, and I'm wondering, you know... Your idea as far as uh, from your astrological heritage, you know, what does it tell you about these threads? I mean, are these distractions that are purposely there or do you think there's something to really pay attention to? Where do you see that? I think they're both. I think they're in many cases, I think they're equally true, equally false. Um, I mean, reality right now is very very fluid um just right now plastic. or in general well right now more than any at one point there was a different version of reality like something shifted okay when was Some, that something <laughs> shifted well i think there's probably chapters of shift i think the first big shift was on 9 11 2001 okay that was a that was a major reality shift um, and it was a major, uh, major ritual. It was a time ritual. It was a space ritual. Hence, two thousand one, like two thousand one, a space odyssey. Uh, you had the two twin, the twin towers, which were the twin monoliths, right? Because the monolith shows up twice, if I'm not mistaken, in two thousand one. Shows up on Earth, and then it shows up on the Moon. So you have two monoliths, right? So the twin towers are the two monoliths. So it's a space time ritual and winds up sending us into a very different, well, timeline for lack of a better term. So that starts it, that that kind of kicks everything off. We're, I mean, we're, we are jerked back into something that we were merging and moving out of, in my opinion. So, then, so if we were just to picture that for yeah. a sec, what you're saying, let's say I'm walking on a road, okay? And there's all these different forks, I guess, I walk on. Is that what you're talking about? Where, like, I was in fork A and I ended up now going in fork B? Or then there's two versions of me, one going on each? Or what does that look like? Well, okay. So in order to understand what happens then, at least this is just in my mind what I've been able to kind of piece together. Yes, that's what I'm interested in, what you think. So, so you have to go back to the Kennedy assassination. Mm-hmm. which is 112263 and <clears throat> Kennedy, Kennedy is very symbolic in many ways he's not clearly he's not a saint he's a very flawed individual but he has some very interesting ideas some interesting programs the rumor was that he was waking up and he was hanging out with this woman named uh, Mary Pinchot Meyer who was the wife of Cord Meyer, who at that time was the head of the CIA. And uh, the rumor has it was that Timothy Leary, who was one of the key participants in the MK Ultra uh, program that took place during the 1960s, was there with the CIA 
doing experiments, uh, mostly in Harvard, where he was a professor. So, so LSD was very, very uh, prevalent. Well, it wasn't very prevalent, but it was prevalent in certain circles at that time, particularly if you're the CIA and you're running these things, right? So Mary Pinchot Meyer, who's the wife of the head of the CIA, now keep in mind, they are running these experiments. So she winds up getting, uh, she winds up becoming friends apparently with Tim Leary and she becomes a lover of JFK. So uh, the rumor has it is that she was dosing JFK. So he was waking up and it wasn't just JFK. There was kind of this inner circle of women that she was a part of um, that were um, that were doing the same thing, but with congressmen and senators. So there was this uh, like little tiny like acid conspiracy to turn these men on. And so apparently Kennedy started to have a major change and, you know, kind of the plan, right? Because he got elected and, you know, there, 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 was, there was a plan. It was all about the Kennedy empire, the Kennedy dynasty. Um, they wound up, you know, backstabbing uh, the Jewish mafia and the Italian mafia because they helped, both of them helped get Kennedy elected. Right. And Kennedy had to make two promises. This was, this was through his father, uh, and one was with, uh, I believe it was Meyer Lansky. The other was, I think, uh, Sam Giancana. And the promises were that he would leave the mob alone and that they would recognize Israel and would not give Israel a hard time. And they began to go back on both of those things, he and Bobby. Uh, Bobby was the attorney general. A lot of people don't remember that. So um, he, th that's what happened. They, they were very hard on Israel. Um, they, they were less than happy about um, embracing Israel as this, uh, as this newly formed state, although it had been around since 1948. Uh, but they were also pushing back on their project in Demona, which was uh, you know, their creation of nuclear energy, atomic bombs, et cetera. So they made enemies. They made enemies. So he winds up getting turned on, says, I want to do something different. One of the first things he wants to do is he wants to get out of Vietnam. That's number one. Number two, there's some discussion that Kennedy wanted to talk about the Fed. What goes on with UFOs? Oh, UFO and oh. aliens. There's, there's, there was some discussion about that. So he's moving in this direction, right? And um, they don't want, they don't want the war to end. That's number one. Number two, he was also getting ready to shit can a lot of the people in the CIA. And that's where the CIA's involvement comes into this. So if you look at Kennedy, the thing that's associated with Kennedy is this whole idea of Camelot. But that's, or that's what they call the Kennedy uh, era in, in uh, Washington. Yeah. So if, if that's Camelot, then, then he is Arthur, right? He is King Arthur. Mm. So there was a book written uh, called uh, The Kill King Ritual. Um, by Shelby Downard and uh, Michael, what's his name? Uh, I forget his last name now. He'll come to me. So they wrote this big book about Kennedy after the Kennedy assassination and how it's a ritual. It's a Kill King, 33rd degree ritual. Like it's all, it's all kind of out there, right? So there is that. There's the ritual component to that. They also wanted to, to take him out. Now, some people think that Kennedy faked his death. And if you go down that rabbit hole, it's like, well, he faked his death. Well, does it really matter at that point? Right, right. The effect is is similar. People the effect think is he's, there. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. It's it doesn't. 
and it, and I and this is one of those places where my life within six degrees of separation touches one of the greatest conspiracies of all time, the Kennedy assassination. So one of my clients, this is probably around 2016 or 2017, uh, and she was only a client for one time, although we did have some exchanges after that. Her husband, who was much older than she was, um, was the, the brain surgeon in the trauma ward where they brought Kennedy. Wow. After no he'd way. Been shot. Yeah, so I actually knew the wife of the guy who just passed away about two years ago, I think. Wow. And I always wanted to get him on my show and talk to him. It never happened. Well, I, but, okay, go ahead. Well, what happened? So just to, just to end that part of the story. <laughs> what happened? So according to, according to him or slash her, that's Kennedy. Now, there are people who said he had a double. Um. And I've seen pictures of his double. And he kind of looks similar in some ways. Uh, but, but according to him... He, after he passed away, so he's there on, on the on the table, and Jackie walks in. So Jackie walks in, and she does this thing with him. But she takes her hand, and she moves around his, his body in a circle. Like she's doing a Reiki? <laughs> <laughs> a ritual? Well, there's something ritualistic about it. Yeah. And then she took off his wedding ring, and then she left. And that was it. She, you know, this, the ring, and then gone. I'm like, wow, that's really, that's really odd. Yeah. So, so now we have King Arthur. He's dead, right? Camelot is in ruins. And so now we're into the realm of the Fisher King, where the land is wounded, right? And there's a plague that's set upon the land. This is, this is what happens post-Kennedy. And everything just moves in, in a different direction. You have Johnson, Great Society, uh, war on poverty, and that's really when MKUltra really starts to kick in. So we go down this path. We go down this timeline, getting back to what you're, you were asking about, Fat. Uh -huh. Go down this timeline. We're headed in a certain direction. All these things unfold. We Again, this is just my feeling sure. and my, my opinion. Yep. We, we get to a point where when we forked off the Kennedy timeline. Okay. We, be, we begin to move back slowly to that timeline. And this is in the 90s, the late 90s. Mm -hmm. And my experience in the late 90s um, was, was fairly interesting because I lived in San Francisco, mm -hmm. Oakland. I worked for a, a magazine called Mondo 2000. And there was this really interesting convergence of technology. A lot of people from the 60s who did a lot of LSD now getting into technology, the internet. And it's like the end of the nineties were like the inversion of the end of the sixties. Oh. Right. So you go to the end of the sixties, like 67, 68, 69, especially 68, 69. They're very turbulent times. Really I mean, turbulent. we went to the moon. <laughs> right. right? So, so, so then what happens, right? The end of the nineties, which is the sixties inverted, Hold on. Um, just do this. He's blowing up. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's my, it's my SO, I guess. My witchy poo. <laughs> That's what I call her. She likes it. <laughs> she doesn't mind being called witchy poo. 
Fabby doesn't um, mind it either. All right. Witchy poos unite. <laughs> um, so, so it was really interesting because it was all very psychedelic, just like the 60s. People are taking E and all this stuff. And there's electronic music and raves. And it's like the festivals. That, like, oh, this is really interesting. We're kind of headed back there, but from a different place. And then we get into the whole Y2K thing, which is kind of weird, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it's like 9-11. And 9-11 is like, we're going to put you back into this other timeline. It's right? a trauma. Right, the, the trauma. And when you go into everything that's associated with 9-11, you will find one one theme and one astrological sign that shows up again and again and again and is gemini so when you go back and look at kennedy he's a gemini and he i wouldn't say he dies on a gemini day but there's a lot of gemini symbolism you have the two 11s like the month 11 and then 22 11 22 uh the person who's supposed to be on the ground in dallas for the cia the dallas chief bureau chief is george bush who is a Gemini, right? So now we have two Geminis. Mm -hmm. And then as we move forward in time and we hit 9-11, 2001, what do we have? We have the Twin Towers. Towers, Gemini. We have the president who is another George, right? George Bush. Right. So we have George and George, father and the son, the two Georges. And then when you look at the players um, that are kind of key players, uh, as part of the, the, the whole nine, the whole Twin Towers um, uh, story, you get Larry Silverstein. Yeah. And Larry Silverstein is a Gemini. His, his former stepbrother, Bernard Mendick, who's a very interesting character, he'd been married to Larry Silverstein's wife, and they, they got a divorce. And so Larry, he and Larry Silverstein were, were real estate rivals. So he, Bernard Mendick and Larry Silverstein get into a bidding war uh, for the, the Port Authority complex, which is really, I think, what the, the Twin Towers are, right? So um, what happens then is that just before Larry Silverstein closes the deal in the Twin Towers, he drops out. He drops out of the bidding. Bernard Mendick is also a Gemini, and he and Larry Silverstein are separated by one, one day in terms of their birthdays. <laughs> And then just before Larry Silverstein um, completes the purchase of the Twin Towers, Bernard Mendick dies. Out of oh. nowhere, he has a heart attack. So who is mayor? Real quick, yeah. I'll round this off. Who's mayor of New York at that time? Giuliani. He's a Gemini. Right. Right. Oh. And, and who is the other big player who will ultimately play a significant role in our story? Donald Trump. What is he? He's a, a Gemini. Gemini. Where was the moon on that day astrologically in Gemini? Where was Saturn in Gemini? So this whole Gemini thing plays a really, really big role. So we're dealing with, you know, again, you know, two timelines, theoretically, right? This whole thing happens. And then through trauma, which is what you brought up, Leo, brings us right back into this, this other, you know, space that we're in, right? It's a different space. Everything is different after that. Nothing's been the same after that. And then there are some other events that happen along the way that I think really cement this weird world that we're living in, which is getting weirder by, by the day. The <laughs> well, and I think that uh, 
something that jumped out to me. I had an epiphany actually uh, around 9-11 because, uh, um, you know, you actually introduced me years ago uh, on your, your show to Dr. Judy Wood. Right. And, and I got to be honest, when you interviewed her, you know, I, 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 it didn't resonate with me at the time, you know, and it was a long time ago. I mean, it was a long time. So I don't think ago. I interviewed her, but I played interviews. Okay. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Maybe that's what yeah. it was. And I just remember, I don't think she'd maybe fleshed the whole thing out around the directed energy weapon just yet, but, but it was kind of a, right. it's kind of fun, but I was like, eh, it doesn't really resonate. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, it was interesting. It was interesting. I find things that are interesting, fun. And so, um, but then I actually watched a, a speech that she gave. Apparently she did it like in 2012 and I never right. knew it existed. Um, and then it looks like she kind of dropped off the radar because there's hasn't been anything else on her YouTube channel. And she walks through the direct energy weapon and that blew me away. And I was like, holy shit. And, and, and the thing that blew me away the most was this thread that we've seen now uh, with JFK, uh, 9-11, and then also with the pandemic where um, the guy, uh, there was a guy who was working with the architects and engineers group around the 9-11, you know, the, the thermite in the buildings right. and all that. And, and he, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but, uh, he was a physicist and, and, and he was kind of working with Richard Gage and, and really one of the main people who was putting out this demolition theory. And she, in her, in her presentation shows that he was actually the guy who, uh, cratered the careers of some physicists about seven or eight years earlier around some type of cold fusion technology that could potentially create this kind of effect. And that blew me away because it wasn't like a, a group of people. It was this guy specifically cratered these other scientists career for really no other reason other than it didn't follow the typical fusion timeline. And now he's the guy, one of the main voices that's pushing the distraction, which is the thermite theory. And, and that really leads us into the conversation around Dell big tree and the lab leak. And then there was another guy that we uh, interviewed around JFK uh, who was working with this uh, uh, gentleman who was the key author that, that, wrote about the the uh, uh, JFK um, conspiracy initially, and he was the expert, but he would never let the the conversation extend into the involvement of the you know CIA, the CIA and FBI and all that. He was so he, who, who did he who did he pin it on? Um, well, he didn't. It was it was like uh, he, they would just get stuck into looking at the evidence and saying, okay. What we were told that happened didn't really happen, but it was time to say what happened. Then, yes, yeah, so, so do, you, do, you, do, you, do you think that do you think he's a gatekeeper? Is that what you yeah, think? yeah. Well, yeah, well, like uh, you know, a control. Well, it was so session. funny because because uh, later on, which I, I think I'll I'll uh, I'll get this wrong, but later on in the uh, podcast that we the interview we did with this author, he mentions that. Um, uh, he was talking about the, uh, the Bay of, I think it was the Bay of pigs incident. Yeah. And, and, uh -huh. and, uh, he, or somebody he knew actually it was a, a guy that he knew went down there and guess who the guy was that was leading the charge of the Bay of the pigs. It was the same guy that was, that was, that had written this book about JFK. So he had been like this oh, figure wow. that yeah. had been planted and he was planted in the Bay of pigs 
as deep, well. Deep inside, deep insiders, right? So, yeah. so like I know you you talked today about that um, ICANN's, uh What was it? The release the of V-Safe the, data. The V-Safe yeah. data around yeah. the vaccine. Yeah. And 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 I know you live down there with Dell Big Tree, you know, in, in Texas, and 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 we have some internal debate going on around around uh, Dell Big Tree because you know he. It won't really talk about this no virus thread, which I don't know if you've been real in 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 touch with, you know, Dr. Tom Cowan and those those types of people who've been saying, you know, they haven't proven that any viruses exist. And right. I, I played his videos. I had Andrew uh, Kaufman. Kaufman on my show, Andy Kaufman. So, yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Well, so I, I, I just wonder, I mean, it seems like we see this over these different traumatic events. We see these these uh, um, these distractionary narratives that are alternative to the primary, uh, but they never let people actually look at the paradigm shifting. You know, we don't get to look at at Judy Woods de- uh, um, directed energy weapon, which is very, very intriguing. Uh, it really points to something that they're not talking about in the thermite. Uh, we don't get to talk about the, the, the involvement of the CIA and all these other groups in the JFK uh, assassination. And now with the pandemic, we're, we're not looking at the fact that the way we look at infectious disease is completely wrong. And so we're keeping people in that fear, fear paradigm, even in the alternative. Yeah, well, OK, so we're, we're back in this you know, weird place around defining the nature of reality, even as it relates to the body. Mm-hmm. Um, get, getting back, and I'll, I'll go back there in okay. a second. Yeah, there, you brought up some things that I want. I, I do. I, I want to talk about. Um, first of all, uh, eighty ruined Judy Wood. They ruined her. Yeah, right? yeah, they exactly. Went, they went after her again and again and again, and they they. You know, they couldn't even have a, a, a reasonable discussion about these two theories, right? These yeah. two plausible explanations. And it was like a group of, yeah. so they they basically ruined Judy Wood, right? They, they completely ruined her. So you have, you have to ask the question, you know, why? You know, why were they so vehement? Um, why did they, at every single turn, choose not to engage and have a dialogue and a reasonable discussion. Like, wouldn't it be better if they were really, really concerned about the truth of something that they would team up and they would say, well, we don't agree with you here, but this is interesting. You know, could you, could you, um, could you give some credence to the fact that maybe the building was wired with thermite as well? Right. What that would have been a more, you know, uh, interesting and, and, and worthwhile discussion to have. Yeah. They never did that. It's like, we're just going to silence this person. So I wanted, I wanted to just come back to that. Cause I think that's yeah. important to understand. Uh, the other thing is that Oliver Stone, who has made some great movies and some not so great movies, <laughs> Can uh, win them made all. two, made two movies that actually touch in and talk about the things we're talking about. He made a movie on JFK and he made a movie about 9-11. Right. Right. Oh, I didn't know that. So Oliver Stone now plays the role of the cinematic gatekeeper. And he's going to tell the theoretical official narrative with the JFK thing on the conspiracy side, maybe. Uh, And then he's going to tell 
the mainstream story about what happened with 9-11. So that, that's part of this. I mean, so you can actually see, right? Yeah. How they employ one guy to tell the cinematic story about both of these events. Um, so as far as the, the, uh, the virus, no virus stuff, I mean, we're in this really weird place now where like one of the, I think we can circle back to like a lot of the things you brought up. So for instance, uh, flat earth, globe earth, right? Uh -huh. It's very similar in some ways. It's very similar. And that's a, that's a, that's a discussion that I, I refuse to get dragged into. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't think it's really a winnable. I mean, you mean the, the both, both sides or you mean the shape of the earth? Either one. I don't, I, I refuse to get into that discussion for a number of reasons. One of the reasons is, is that flat earthers are like the, you know, the architects and engineers of 9-11. Right. Okay. I mean, it's like they have, they have one model of the universe and reality and that's it. Like there's no, there's no moving off that, that model. And the same thing for the most part with the globe earthers, I'm not sure if either are completely true, mm -hmm. right? I'm not sure if they're completely true. I mean, you know, people say space is fake. Is it really fake? I don't, yeah, I wonder about that because if, you know, the flat earthers, we just had Dave. Dave Weiss. Yeah. Weiss on. Dave Weiss is, everybody says you should have Dave Weiss on. He's actually seems like a really smart, very intelligent guy. Mm -hmm. He's he can funny. Bring, he's funny. He can bring the, uh, the discussion to, you know, a really interesting level, make a case for it. So what was your experience like with him? He was so we were talking about, you know, the planets, <laughs> the planets. So he was saying, oh, planets are how do you break out up the word is plan at plane at little planes. And right. then he was saying, OK, the planets in the sky. Well, we see in the sky. He couldn't really say he's like, I, I don't know what it is, but what I think is that it's not what they're telling us. So they call them the luminaries. And I, I even wonder, okay, if they're the luminaries, how does that play into astrology then? If they're right. something else, how do you see that? I guess could, well, for that's sure. a really, that's a really great question. So, you know, what I, I like to call where we are, the realm, we're in the realm, the realm, the realm. I like that. Mm -hmm. So we're in the realm and I do believe there's many other realms. Okay. Right. There are many other, many or other like many other realms different from this one or different versions of this one. There, I, I, there's probably different versions of this realm, right? There's, I believe there's different dimensional versions of our own solar system. Okay. So, you know, do, and I, again, I'm no expert on flat earth. I know right. some of the players, I know some of the ideas. We're not either. Yeah. We're but do they, do they, do they address this part, right? Do they address the extra dimensional components of, this this other reality i right? think because to me I've, it sounds like it is it is just as concrete you know when you talk about concrete like statues can change we we're just talking about the thinker the other day because he had a mandela effect right. um guy on our show and the thinker statue changing well the, it, it shouldn't change in the concrete you know physical world so is that is that then it seemed like flat earth is also like concrete like it couldn't be anything else but that's right and and so they're again they're kind of like architects and engineers in 9-11 there's only one version of the thing that they defend mm -hmm. right it's only one version so there's no 
ability to have like a real dialogue or and now on the other side you get you get um you, so you get globe earth and these are the people that believe in space planets mm -hmm. nasa etc cetera, etc cetera, right, right? Mm -hmm. and then on the flatter side you have this weird alliance of the no globe earthers and the christians and mm -hmm. then that's a whole weird discussion in and of itself too because when you when you really drill down into those two camps they may not even agree right on mm -hmm. on, on certain versions of reality biblical reality yeah. secular reality right so you know where's that going to lead us in terms of in terms of the discussion so i i do think this is just my own personal belief and we can get into the astrology thing if you want to yeah i would love my, that my own personal belief is that we live in an extra dimensional reality which includes what we would call space but what we think of space might be very different than what other people might think of space right and and there's also I mean, even this idea where you get back into like germ theory, exosomes and all that stuff, that's a whole nother version of space in some ways. Right. right. Oh, really? It's the other way. Yeah. Okay. It's the other way. Right. So, so, you know, I think what we're, what we're trying to define ultimately is what is the nature of reality? And what is the, the purpose too? Well, that's it, right? The nature and the purpose. And so we're on this, we're on this realm, we're, we're on these paths, we have these lives. Um, and then we're here to try to understand within a very brief time frame, mm -hmm. what this thing is all about. And so we have different tools, different models, uh, different systems, some of which have longer shelf lives than others, right? Right. And throughout all of it, we have to come up with some reasonable or meaningful, um, you know, roadmap or manual as to what this is about and why we're here. So for me with astrology, you know, I stumbled into astrology, which is, you know, very old. It's very, very old. Mm -hmm. And I stumbled into astrology in my early twenties when I, when I had this kind of uh, metaphysical awakening and I started to just learn from a local astrologer who was teaching a night course, um, like adult ed night course. And then when I started to dive into it, it was, um, it was it was like i understood it immediately so like how did i understand it immediately like where did that come from i i don't have i don't have an answer for that except for number one i might have some ability to put things together quickly or maybe i already knew it and then i'm really i'm just relearning it and i think there's probably truth to both of those things but why all of a sudden was i able to cognate the system quickly Mm -hmm. And why all of a sudden was I able to not only cognate the system quickly, but apply it in a way where I was able to derive meaning from it across a number of different situations, people and platforms. If there was not some validity to that, then then it probably would not exist in some ways. So then okay. how does it exist? So if you go into Steiner, Steiner's a guy that believes in the planets, right? Mm -hmm. He believes in the planets and the planets have a geocosmic pull on each other planet, like they have an effect. Um, Casey believes that the planets represent realms of consciousness oh. and that you would even go to planets in between lives. So if you wanted to learn about unconditional love, you, you'd go to like energetic planetary Venus, right? Hmm. Or you wanted to learn about 
the nature of conflict and war, you would spend time in energetic planetary Mars. Mm -hmm. So Casey has a number of lectures about this. So you have the Steiner version where these planets represent forms of consciousness. They have geocosmic force. You have, you have Casey who makes his own case for it. And then you have somebody like Carl Jung who gets into the archetypal relationship between planets, myth, and astrology. And at that point it begins to make sense to me. Right. Okay. So if you go, if you look at, again, theoretical space, Jupiter is closer than it's been in 59 years. It's in Aries. And what is everybody talking about? We're all talking about war, right? Yeah. We're talking about war. It's retrograde. It's been a replay of the cold war, right? With the mm -hmm. U S and Russia yeah. and yeah. that whole business. Right. So, you know, does Jupiter have an effect on, you know, what we're experiencing because of its proximity. You could make a case that that could be true. I mean, I watch a lot of video and since Jupiter returned to the same degree at seven degrees that it was initially at on the day that World War II started when Germany invaded Poland, that was on September 2nd. And when, when that happened, you had the Pope coming out essentially saying World War Three has started. We're in World War Three right now. So the Pope says that on that day. The following day, the Poles basically go to the Germans and say, we want reparations, right? So all these things now get dusted up. They get kicked up. Well, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Well, we have Jupiter at seven degrees, Aries, same degree as when World War Two started. We have the same parties now that are engaged in World War Two. Right. We have Russia. We have Germany. They're all there. It's all on the table. We have the NATO countries or England, right? France, we have the United States. So here we go. Right. There's this astrological model that seems to fit and cohere to what we're going through. Mm -hmm. And and again, I watch videos every day. Some of them are TikTok videos or Twitter videos, whatever they are. And I cannot remember outside of when the whole George Floyd thing happened, which again is one of those reality shift moments. Right. Really? <laughs> yes. When, when, when I've seen so much violence, like since Jupiter got really close mm -hmm. again to the planet, I, you know, it's like, it's crazy. Like it's cra uh, the, the amount of violence is right now is nuts. So one of the, one of the uh, videos that's gone viral, are these women who happen to be black, but they're all dressed up in, th in these green suits that go into the New York. Have you seen this video? I have no. not. So this is from about two, two or three days ago. I think they were like extras from a comic book. Movie. I, I don't know what's going on there. Like the subways of New York have turned. Well, yeah, zoo. yeah. It's a zoo. Yeah. <laughs> Wild theater, man. Wild theater. Right. So, so they get on this subway and what do they do? They start beating the shit out of people. Just right? random people? Just random, random women. They start going off on them. Like, what is going on here? Right? What is going on? And then there was this other incident happened a couple days ago. There's this naked guy, New York subway platform, and they're trying to subdue him. And, and it, they're having a very hard time, right? More violence. There's that going on. You had this weird thing with Antonio Brown uh, over in uh, uh, Abu Dhabi 
where he basically assaults the woman in the pool and whips out his his uh, his ding dong, <laughs> starts throwing that around. Right. I, I just I feel like within the past month since Jupiter went into that degree of seven Aries and Aries is war and conflict and it's gotten closer than any other time in the last 59 years. What are we witnessing? We're witnessing war, rumors of war, more and more violence, people angry. So does that make a case for astrology? Maybe. Well, it, it, just so that we're, we're, we're clear, because I know this is something that I always uh, struggled with, and I, I think you've answered it for me before, but I, I, I want to just make sure um, that I had it right. But are we saying that, that um, when, when we talk about these events, we're saying there's literally you know, like magnetic poles that are kind of not necessarily initiating, but, but, uh, influencing these behaviors. But then at the same time, there are, uh, you know, uh, puppet masters that are taking advantage of that in order to, you know, gin it up even more. Go back and look at nine 11. Saturn is clearly, clearly in Gemini. We have the moon in Gemini. And the big piece that goes along with Saturn in Gemini is Pluto and Sagittarius, and they're in opposition with one another. So what happens after that? Well, now all of a sudden we're in a holy war, right? It's back to the Crusades and uh, the Middle East. Well, what is Sagittarius? It's foreign countries, right? So now we're, and what is Sagittarius? It's religions. So we're, we're in an Abrahamic crusade now, right on the heels of 9-11, Pluto's destruction. You know, destruction. Right. Pluto opposite Saturn in Gemini, it's destruction. So yeah, do they do they run programs according to astrology? Absolutely. There's no Abs- way for absolutely. us to to break off of that though, or are we just sure kinda there is. sure there is. Okay, so, so let's talk about that. <laughs> She's like enough of this dark shit. <laughs> well, you know, I heard no, no. I... it's fun. I'm just wondering, you know, like you think of a planet like Jupiter, okay, it's supposed to be just ginormous right? Like engulf the earth a bunch of times. And you think of then us, you know, this tiny beings in this planet that compared to Jupiter is small. And then you really start feeling like really small, like you have significant. Yeah. Like you have no. So, so that's one thing kind of, I resonates with me with flat earth. I mean, the, the whole globe versus if we are in the center it feels like, you know, we're precious, we we have meaning and purpose. But when we're talking about these events, it really feels like there's nothing we can do. We might as well just give up and go home. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that there's probably, you know, it, are you looking at the glass half empty or half full? Right. Okay. Right. Okay. So, so I tend to look at the glass half full because when I see these things or in my own eyes, my own brain, I'm able to kind of put things together. Okay. It actually gives me um, a sense that there is a weird order in the universe. Like it's a weird order. It may not be the type of order that we can bank on every single day, but there's a weird order. It's not the plan. (laughs) Right. Would you, would you say divine order? Um, maybe. Maybe. I think that now we're getting into really deep philosophical Yes, yes. Here. Let's get deep. So, you know, back in one, back in one of my probably uh, drug-fueled moments, I had, this, <laughs> I had this realization that I am the absolute center of the universe. Oh, wow. And I am not. 
right? Like at the same time. At the same time. Huh. Like like you, Gabby, are the center of the universe. You, Leo, are the center of the universe, but I, you're not. Right. And so what what we have a hard time handling is both things being equally true. Okay. So yeah. if you're the center of the universe, you are absolutely wholly responsible for everything that happens to you. Uh-huh. Positively or negatively. Right. right? Mm -hmm. If you're not the center of the universe, that means that it takes you out of the egoic equation because you've got to share the universe with everybody else. Okay. Yeah. So that's how I that's how I that's how I look at things. So if I'm the center of the universe, then it's up to me to either it's up to me to figure out what my my map and what my cosmology is in this lifetime, which is always open for editing, by the way, because mm -hmm. I've mm -hmm. I've thought about certain things and I've dropped certain things along the way. Mm -hmm. um, we should always be able to do that. So that's 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 where I come from. And William Blake, I think, put it fairly well. I, I must create my own system or be enslaved by another's. So I took that uh, to heart, you know, a long, long time ago. And so I'm, you know, what I'm doing in my life is I'm looking to try to understand what, what the big picture is mm -hmm. in, okay. you know, in my own, in my own way, you know, connect dots, look at these influences, a lot of which are astrological, but then what is the upside, right? The upside for me is understanding what my chart is and what I could do with my chart and what I can do with, what I've been gifted with in this lifetime. It's like everybody has gifts, right? Like how you maximize your experience in a way. That's right. That's right. So if I'm the <laughs> right. So if I'm the center of the universe, okay, then I have to be the best version of God that I can be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Whatever that is. However, I define that. Okay. So I would define it along my own terms. Mm -hmm. And that's even changed over time. But if I am that, then I then I have to live, act, and breathe accordingly. So then, you know, what does God do, right? God creates order, right? So I have to have some order in my life, but then there's also the mystery, right? There's the things that we'll never know. Mm -hmm. So I have to be able to be okay with that too. I've got to be able to be okay with things that I don't know about. But then when you get into the the handyman of God through the biblical story, because a lot of, of course, a lot of people will deny that Jesus ever existed, mm -hmm. but you know, what does Jesus do? Jesus is a magician. You know, Jesus is a holy man. He's a magician. He's a teacher. You know, he's an avatar. He is a direct conduit of God. And Jesus said, you know, you could do these things that I'm doing and more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that is, that is scripture, right? So if you are the center of the universe, you have responsibility for that. Yeah. You have to figure out, okay, well, if that's true, then how do I do that? What, what is my role? How, how, how do I access what, what, what this being, this teacher, the son of God does, and how do I manifest that in my life? Great question. How do so you do that's, that? Well, I mean, <laughs> so you have to think about, you have to think about magic. You have to think about magic and you think, have to think about love and you have to think about service. So you begin to live from that place. You know, you begin to, so let's go back to Jupiter since we're talking about Jupiter. Okay. Jupiter is the jovial expression of God, right? So we talk about Jove and Jove is Jupiter. It's big, it's expansive, 
beneficent, right? Okay. Ju Jupiter is the beneficent force in our theoretical solar system. Okay. Saturn, its mate right behind me, is not. Saturn is structure, order, discipline. It also rhymes with Satan, right? So oh, we yeah. have these, we have these, uh, we have these forces in our lives. So if Jupiter, which by the way is the uh, ultimate destination of Dave in 2001, remember that, mm -hmm. right? That's where he goes. He goes to Jupiter. Why does he go to Jupiter? Stanley Kubrick is telling us something. He's telling us that Ju that, that Jupiter has something to do with consciousness. Okay. And then when you watch the end of, I should probably even here. Why don't I just do this? I was going to do this anyway. I'll change okay. my background. Okay. Hold on. Sure. I do like that Saturn though behind you. Oh, there, there you go. go. We got the space baby. Now yeah, space baby. From 2001. So that's about the rebirth. I mean, that, Kubrick will never tell you this. Right. But that's about the rebirth of the cosmic Christ, who is on his way back to earth right this is the second coming the space baby is the second coming. i love that so jupiter it is the key for where you get to practice the presence the divine mercy and the magic of god in your chart so you have to know where jupiter is and what it's about and you operate from that place so for me jupiter is in sagittarius in my first house so i look around and i go well how can I make my world bigger? You know, how can I make my world in some ways more fun and magical? You know, how can I expand people's and my own ideas and perception? So that's, that's how you begin to, you know, work with this material on a personal level. So let's talk about Saturn. Saturn is not indistinct from the discussion. Saturn is also this other countervailing force. So you have to understand Saturn as well. And Saturn is where you're going to be limited. Saturn is the parent of the solar system or Saturn is the parent of the Zodiac. And it says, no, Jupiter always says yes. And Jupiter is like, oh yeah, just, you know, have another beer, right? <laughs> go, go, go back to the, uh, uh, the buffet, golden buffet. For <laughs> That's Jupiter. Saturn says, no, uh, Saturn's like, no, don't do it. Can't do it. So now we have to practice some degree of structure, purpose, and order, which, you know, for us adds meaning to our lives in some significant way, we'd like to think, right? Mm -hmm. So once you understand those things about astrology and that they're both aspects in some ways of God, and you are the center of the universe, which means you're God, right? You got to figure out how those things work inside of you and where they manifest, you know, on the everyday plane. I think it's an important discussion because when we, and this gets back to you uh, specifically, Gabby, um, on December 21st in 2020, we had a conjunction, a super conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter. So that wow. means that these two countervailing forces came together. When did they come together? They came together on the winter solstice, which is the darkest night, but it's also the beginning of the return of the light incrementally. Right. And those are 20 year cycles. These super conjunctions are 20 year cycles. So when we look at Aquarius, what, what are we, what are we dealing with here? Right. We're dealing with something like Aquarius, like the Aquarian individual, they believe that they are the center of the universe, but they're always looking to fit in and find their place inside of the group. Mm -hmm. All right. That's the Aquarian model. 
So what I'm talking about that you're the center of the universe and you're not is very Aquarian in some ways. So when we go back to that point in time in 2020, what we're witnessing is this 20 year cycle of contraction and expansion. Okay. So the contraction part is wear a mask, stay at home, right? All these things Get that are- Get your clot shot. Saturnian, they're Saturnian. And when you go back to 2020, or at the beginning of 2020, January, 2020, and then going into March, well, who's the first person? Saturn, by the way, is an Aquarius then, without Jupiter. So we get this top-down edict about science. And who's there to tell us what to do? It's Tony Fauci. What is Tony Fauci? He's a Capricorn. What planet rules Capricorn? Saturn. So Tony Fauci now becomes the high priest of Saturn and Aquarius. And he's going to tell us every day on television or on the Internet, which are Aquarian mediums, what to do. That's what his role is, right? But by the time we get to the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, Fauci's influence and power are beginning to wane. So now we have, we're in this birth period, because when you contract and expand, this is the actual mechanics of giving birth, right? Right. So we're in a birth phase. We're in a 20-year birth phase. And where are we going to go with it? Is it going to be the Saturnian dark top-down model, a top-down dark model? Or will it be the Jupiterian, expansive, decentralized, everybody can kind of run their own show program? Mm -hmm. So this is where we are right now. And every time something appears to be dark or foreboding or looks like it's part of the plan, I guarantee you something will go wrong. Because that's how Aquarius works. Like, so it's like, we're going to set out. So they set out to do this thing with COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Lock all these people down. Like, this is going to be the kill shot. But what happens? A bunch of people wake up. Right. Yeah. So every time they do something like this, there's this reaction. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we're, we're going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to unleash our CRT agents into the public school system, which is what they did. What happens? People wake up, they show up at, School board meetings, like enough of that. I mean, you should pull your kids out of school. Right. That's another story. Yeah. Um, but you know, do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. So every so, every everything that's happening now is like a setup, right? Mm -hmm. It's a setup. So this is where I think God comes into play. You know, this is where it's like, okay, I'm pulling for you guys. Yeah. I want you guys to figure it out, right? And you're going to get to understand things like, the nature of evil. You're going to get to understand how to stand up and be sovereign. Right? These are your lessons now. And if you don't learn these lessons and you don't figure out how to do it together, it's going to be a lot harder. You're, you're, you're no longer an NPC. That's right. You're no longer an NPC and you get to be responsible for everything in your life on a, on a, on a terrestrial plain experience, right? But you also have to be get to be responsible for me, for the divine dispensation of how you live your life every single day. Yeah. So a lot of people think they, they think that that seems dark initially, but really it's quite empowering once they, they come to terms with it. Once you come to terms with it, that this is really our birthright. And we're, we're we are right now both participating in ringside, 
for the greatest cosmic and historical drama this world has ever seen. Yeah. Now, we haven't been part of some of these other resets, so at least not in these bodies, so I can't really speak to them, <laughs> right? But think about where we are now. Like, this shit is crazy, right? It's crazy. Yeah. We've never seen anything like this. But also, look what's happening. You know, I mean, even our story, the three of us. Right. You know, and how we met. And Leo, you, you found me in my blog a long time ago. And, you know, I've, uh, you know, I know a little bit about your story and where you've been and some of the challenges and struggles that you've been through and how you're working together. And, you know, I, I would I would venture to say that when you first started reading my blog uh, back in 2010 or 2011, would you see yourself today doing this with Gabby and having these discussions right now? Well, I mean, I... I uh... You had interest, but I had interest, but but yeah, I I I don't know that uh, I don't know that I fully under understood. I just thought it was one of those things. It's like you see a beautiful piece of art, you know, on the wall. You're like I, I don't know how that was made, and I don't know what I'm supposed to get out of it. But it's so interesting just hearing. It's like it's like music, right? And and uh, and that was what it was like, kind of to read your blog. It was like listening to a to a really good song. You're like holy shit, how do you even find this stuff? You know what I mean? It, it, it was like jazz, you right. know? And, and, uh, and, and I remember I would expose Fabi to some of it, and, and uh, it was just this slow progression. And now that we're here, it feels, it feels pretty normal. It was like we didn't have to force it. It just, mm-hmm. it just hunkered down into place, you know? But we just had to, right. we had to keep being, being willing to look at it. And, and here we are, we're, we're sharing this, right? We're yeah. sharing this via technology, real time, although you're gonna, put, you're gonna put this up. And there's actually something really miraculous about this whole kind of moment that we're having together. Yeah. Where I came from, where you came from, Fabi, where you came from, mm-hmm. right? Even, even me and Leo, yeah. like when you, and then you, you know, the story with your children and your, your, your movement from corporate America, to this place, to that place, to where you are now. I mean, this is the rich tapestry of life. And this is how things are unfolding. And it's happening all the time. We're not always aware of it, though. We're not always aware of the progress that we're making. We're not always aware of the magic that's happening. And we're not always aware of the synergy, you know, that is taking place. We're having an Aquarian moment right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, it, do, you really, think, do, you, do you think that magic happens for everybody because there seems to be people where you can't you can't really explore anything unless there is data and it's concrete otherwise they're not interested wikipedia rules or what is the other side well well i i on that on that front i i I heard i heard an interesting we talk about npcs and i heard this theory somebody said look there is there's only a set number of actual playable characters in the world and everybody else is these NPCs right. and they're there, you know, like in the matrix, they're there to protect the system. And, and, and we go up against them. You know, we, we try to bring them information and, and show them. And they're, they're really, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm well, not because I've, for example, like my father, okay, he's not an NPC. I don't think, right. <laughs> you know, and he will sit and he'll talk to me. But he just can't 
I don't know if he can't or he won't. I don't know what it is. He just... You can't just put the coat on temporarily. Yeah, he can't open himself up to the possibility that maybe the thinker used to be like this and now it's like this. So I, because I, he's a statue. A, I mean, he can't change. You, you, you bring up a really good question. Uh, Gabby asked really good questions. I know. She does. Thank you. Um, okay, so three things pop into my mind around that. Number one, certain people have layers of density and enculturation. Okay. And if the layers of density and culturation are too thick, it, you're not going to get to them. You're just not, you're not going to get to them. Whatever mm -hmm. that, whatever that density and culturation is. I saw this uh, video of this Canadian actress who got her third or fourth booster. She's got the, you know, she's got the sideways smile. She's oh yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. I saw it the other day <laughs> and, and she'd get the shots again. Right. I'm like, okay. she's crying. Right. And then she says, but I would do it again because it's what we need to do. And a whole side of her face. I mean, <laughs> right. So she's she's hanging on. She's like one of those characters in a movie <laughs> who's hanging on by their fingernails on the side of a cliff. Right. Because she doesn't want to she doesn't want to fall. She doesn't want to drop. Um, probably the best thing to do would be to fall and drop. But, you know, that's that's acculturation and density and fear. And there's a lot of people who have deep enculturation, deep density, and deep fear. And it's really, really hard to get to those people. Yeah. It's really hard. So they don't, so those people, they don't experience the magic or the hack or, you know, maximize your... Well, that's, I. Uh, anytime you go and have a uh, universal kind of explanation for something, there's always something that will show you something different. Right. Right. So... You have to leave a space. You have to leave a crack for the light to come in. Mm -hmm. And some of these people will flip, right? They will flip. Something can happen. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's really just a sequence of events. And all of a sudden, the tumbler goes off in their brain, their heart, and they're, they're different. And I've seen it happen. But it's not easy. And, um, you know, honestly, I don't that's not really a group of people that I necessarily want to, I'm not, it's not that I don't want to interact with them, but it's like, I don't, I don't have the time to do that. Like I figured out a long time ago when I was on Facebook and I'd get into these long soulful explanations of things that I thought were true and try to convince other people mm -hmm. who were clearly not in my camp. <laughs> and, and it's like, why am I wasting all this fucking time with these people? Yeah. yeah. Right. And I just started to trim them. I'm like, you're gone. You're gone. You're gone. Mm -hmm. You're gone. Mm -hmm. it's, I'm just going to streamline my life. And you can disagree with me. That's fine. We can have a reasonable discussion. You may not agree with everything, but I don't want to have to sit here and try to, you know, be really fair and reasonable for extended periods of time so I can accommodate your worldview, which ultimately means nothing to me. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's just the way it is. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and as a result of this, my life has gotten a lot easier. It's yeah, easy. Less it's just energy easier. you have to spend on, you know, trying to convince someone that's in a... It's like they're almost in a whole different reality that They're in a whole different reality. Are. Yeah, they're in a whole different reality. Sometimes their paths cross and sometimes they don't. And I'd much rather use my energy to have conversations and discussions like this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
because I think that, you know, this is, you know, nurturing us. Yeah. Right? I'm being right. nurtured by this. You're being nurtured by this. You know, it's just a, it's just a matter of going with the flow. Like to me, that's not in the flow. It's not in the flow. And again, that's astrological too. Mm-hmm. You know, with astrology, you want to figure out where the flow is in your chart. You're going to run into challenges and issues and things are going to happen, but find out where the flow is and, you know, go with the flow and, and go deep with the flow and, and your chart will, it'll reward you. Um, the other, the other thing that you brought up, and I think this is an important piece and I've really been struggling with this one lately. And this is uh, people who get it, like they get it, but they're deeply damaged and their lives are really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a hard one. Yeah. That's a that's a really hard one. I and and it's like I just I run into a wall with stuff like that. And and it's in. You think it's a conscious had, choice of them? not wanting to let go of being in that position where their life is just in shambles. They're just, they can't shake off the fear. They can't shake off the, the idea that everything is going to shit. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, friend. I think there's some of that. <laughs> I think there's some of that, but there, there are people, I'm not going to say her name, but there's somebody who I interact with a cool person uh, and she, it was one of those nights, it was probably like 1130 at night. I'm totally fried and I, I just want to go to bed and I'm on Facebook and ding, ding. Okay, here we go. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then the next thing I know, I'm taken down into like the vortex of her underworld and it's not pretty. Mm-hmm. It's like child abduction by CPS. Oh. Um, that's and then it was connected tragic. to connected to the Gardasil shot, which completely fucked up their kid, who is now in their, I think, early, early 20s. Still no, still no uh, ability to really access that the child. It's no longer a child and adult, but on board of the state uh, after the Gardasil, which completely changed this person. Now they started to hit them with the mRNA shots because now they're a ward of the state. Right. And I saw I saw a video of this person. She showed me video. It's tragic. Mm-hmm. It's heartbreaking. And they have no they have no ability to have any reasonable relationship with this person who was their daughter, who's That's barely so recognizable. Sad. That's so so, sad. Th- so I'm like, you know, I'm like, well, what's your plan? What are you gonna do? And she says, I, I don't know. There's there's nothing I can do, right? This is what mm-hmm. she says. Right. Mm-hmm. And then she th- you know, monetarily, they really don't have a pot to piss in. Um, she has all these issues with her back vertebrae, crush vertebra, right? Like, you know, what is, what is this person going to do? Mm-hmm. How are they, how are they going? Like, where's the magic in that life? Right. Right. So this is where I met with my own kind of cosmology. And I don't, I don't have an answer for that. You know, cause certain people have certain paths and, you know, you know, God bless them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, you know, at that point you, you pull, you pull out the, you know, this is above my pay grade card. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, have you, have you, you know, have, have you really like checked in spiritually and, you know, prayed and asked for divine intervention? She says, I do it every day. 
And it's like, well, God bless you. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to say. And there are those people, right, to your point, you know, for whatever reason. And there's there's usually things that happen along the way that bring us to a place in our lives where we're all of a sudden we're dealing with things that are a lot heavier than we're really equipped for. Mm-hmm. So there are choices that people make, relationships that happen early childhood trauma that's never really addressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a number of these things that can really, you know, put somebody in like, you know, cement shoes. Yeah. And, and it's very difficult. It's very, very difficult. Cause this is a person that's wide awake. They know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And actually for the most part has a very good attitude, funny, good sense of humor, which they probably need on a daily basis. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know, you know, we run into these things, right? And above my pay grade. But when we can do something, we can access some of the things that I'm talking about. And it's not for everybody, but if we can, then we can be useful in the world. We can be useful in the world, useful in our own lives. Mm-hmm. You know, we have purpose, we have meaning, we have, we have magic, and we'd like to think that we're connected to something greater than ourselves. And that's work. It's not easy. There's a there's a lot of there's a lot of shit and grunt work that goes along with it too. You know, like I do three readings a day most of the time. Mm -hmm. And what do I have to do? I have to convert those readings into recordings. I have to set up appointments. Right? It's a grind. And sometimes I fall behind. I'm human. I'm not always the best with stuff like that. But you know, so you have to work at these things, and they have to become important. You know, that's the I think that's the one thing that for me has become crystal clear, like what's important to you? Mm-hmm. you know, I think we really came face to face with that, with with COVID, like what's important? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then at that point, you got to figure out what you're living for. Yeah. And that became really easy for me. Yeah, I was going to say, you, so, so COVID was actually a pretty watershed for you or? Yeah, it was. I mean, because the, all these things that were happening I had already seen, they were already coming, mm-hmm. but when they came, it, it, it was like, you know, I became, for me, it was like, it was a first responder. I'm like, okay, I'm in and I'm going to, I'm going to stream every day. Yeah. I'm going to stream every day and I'm going to do everything in my power to help people, uh, whatever it was, right. Like, you know, br- bring things up that would be, helpful for them to, you know, fight the, uh, you know, you know, fight the blue meanies and the Karens, right? Like I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll try to make it funny and make people laugh. I'll do that. Um, if there's something I feel outraged about, like the, the Australian stuff and the New Zealand stuff piss me off. Yeah. yeah. Or right? the Canadian I'll, stuff. <laughs> Canadian stuff. Like, it's like, you know, I'll, I'll be a voice for the outrage because these people need to know that they're not alone. Right? right. They need to know that you know, the rest of the world is watching mm-hmm. whatever, whatever it was. I mean, I was just going to do it because that's what I, it was. Just, it was just like, we're on now, right? We're on and I've got to do what I can to help people. So that's that. What, and I'm still there. You know, we're not in the COVID space anymore as much. Mm-hmm. Astrologically, still, are we past moved on? You were talking this morning about in your show, about the darkness now having to come to the light. 
Yeah. Do you remember talking about that? Can you talk yeah. a little bit about that? You were saying there's the light side, there's the dark side, there's a lot of people waking up. Um, and there was some conjunction, some astrological conjunction that's actually getting the darkness, getting things to go wrong for the darkness. Well, so so the the, go, the going wrong part is already there. The Jupiter the Jupiter Saturn conjunction is there, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of so this whole idea that they're going to roll this thing out and it's going to be easy peasy one two three. That's not the case. They're going to run into difficulties. And sometimes they're even really minor, like really minor things. I'll give you an example. So they had D Davos this last year. Yeah. Right. And World Economic Forum Davos. Yep. And they did a lot of interviews with people who were attendees. And if you watch those interviews, you become really aware of the fact that a lot of these people that they put into place are not very bright. <laughs> they're incredibly mediocre. <laughs> we are. We are what is that? We're led by the least of us. The least, least among, among us. us. Yeah. <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah. When you have people like that downstream that they've employed to implement their plan, they're very fallible. Mm -hmm. Very. So they're, they're putting all of their, all their chips on, you know, less than capable and mostly average intelligence people and see, see how well that goes. Yeah. It won't go well. Won't go well. <laughs> it won't go well. So that's part of it, right? The darkness with the light is that right now we have the South Node in Scorpio. So the South Node always reveals itself to us. So when we were going through um, the summer of Floyd, which is another kind of timeline shift, right? We go through the summer of Floyd, True Node was in Gemini, South Node was in Sagittarius. So what did we see with the South Node in Sagittarius? We were living in a lawless place. Sagittarius rules laws. There were no laws. Well, there were, but they were very select. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you're going to defend yourself, well, you're on the wrong side of a law. But that's what Sagittarius revealed to us. It revealed to us that there was no, there was no oversight. There was no structure. There was no order. There, there was, we, were, we were now being indoctrinated into a lawless world. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't figure that out, you, you better figure it out really quickly. Right. So Scorpio is about the underworld. It's about deep, deep underworld material. So we get into Scorpio, we get into things that are like verboten. And we get into child sex. Um, we get into all those creepy, dark corners that have been hidden for a very long time. And they're starting to come up now. I mean, even when you see like a guy um, who is second in command for the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, you know, the, the guy, the guy's into S&M and bondage and he's got pictures of his boyfriend as a dog on, a, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. That's I, a South I, Nose, I don't. <laughs> that's a South Node Scorpio thing. And then they hired some guy to like deal with monkeypox or whatever. And this guy is clearly a dungeon master. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah. No, I've seen the both of them. Yeah. Yeah. So we're watching now the darkness reveal itself. Like it's coming up to the surface and it's ugly, right? We're seeing it and it's ugly. They're counting on the fact that they'll normalize it. Right? It'll be part of the normalization process. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's gonna fly. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's gonna fly. And even like a lot of the stuff that's happening on the subways, that's all subterranean. That's all, you know, Plutonian, Scorpionic stuff. 
and we're seeing it. It's just bizarre. You were talking about the um, the ladies beating up people, or you're talking about something yeah. else? Oh, okay. well, it's not just that, but there was there was this other guy who, again, he was buck ass naked just the <laughs> other day, and it took three cops to restrain him. Right. Unfortunately, you know, when we get into the underworld stuff, we confront our fears too. Well, fortunately, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, are we going to be overwhelmed by by the release of these subterranean entities that are now clearly free, moving around in our in our world? Mm-hmm. Well, so you I were th- saying that these avatars or whatever are actually from the underworld? Is that what you're saying? Some of them are. I would not. I would not be surprised. They, if some they of them came are. through CERN. <laughs> I would be surprised if some of them are, but they're displaying this Plutonian, Scorpionic behavior. Right. That this is it, this is what's happening. I mean, even when you go like, this is this is a good astrology piece. Like, if you like watch videos of people like losing their fucking minds in a McDonald's. Right. Mm-hmm. Never seen one. Oh, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> there are plenty of them out there. Yeah. So what is McDonald's? McDonald's, for better or worse, is a place that is going to what? Feed you. For better or worse. You're going to get okay. fed at McDonald's, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. What is that? That is a primary need. Right. What is primary? Taurus is primary. You need Taurus things. You need food. You need water. You need sleep. You need air. They're all the things of this realm for the most you part. Need you need a Sunday. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so that's Taurus. And then you see these melees break out in these, you know, fast food restaurants, mostly McDonald's. And these are like uncontrollable, unhinged behavior. It's very scorpionic and it's dark, right? It's very dark. And it's for whatever reason, they don't get the right barbecue sauce (laughs) they're losing their fucking minds so again we're seeing this thing happen now and and again this is just my my piece in Mm -hmm. order for us to get through this Mm -hmm. we're gonna have to deal with this we're gonna have to deal with it when you when you say deal do, do you mean like we need to look at it well it's always been there like it's always been there, you know, whether it's, you know, the sort of the, the, the darker parts of places like the Bohemian Grove or uh-huh. sex trafficking, mm-hmm. or, you know, it's always been there. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's there. Um, you and just then, didn't hear about it before, like before the shifts, I guess, because, you know, that's think, right. Thinking about, you know, I've never seen my parents ever talk about anything like that or my family or my grandparents i mean actually back then they didn't talk about why people even died you know like you don't even know why your great 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 grandfather died they won't talk about it and so i was like well is this new is this new where you know girls are transitioning into boys and boys into girls and you know the relationships is this new or was this because I never heard of any of that before. So if you go back <laughs> to like the early seventies, um, they had this genre of music called glam rock. Okay. And glam rock featured what's known as gender benders 
Okay. So you had people like David Bowie and Mark Bolin. Um, most it was mostly an English scene, but in America, the New York Dolls, and there was this movement towards um, unisex unisexism. So it's not this. It's it's nothing new. Okay. Right. It's, it's it's been around. Like look at Little Richard. You know, like when you looked at Little Richard in the 1950s. What the hell is that, right? You know, it's like I don't even know who that is. So yeah, it's not your cultural <laughs> paradigm. Not my yeah, cultural yeah, I know, I know who he is. <laughs> so, so it's not new, right? These things come in waves. You go to the '80s, like the early '80s. You have the hair metal bands, mm -hmm. and you like Poison, and you know all the guys. They all look like chicks, right? So it's been around. Like this thing has been around for a while. But now it's become um, commercialized, okay. and and not only has it become commercialized, but it's become mainstream. Well, <laughs> it's they're doing everything in their power to make it mainstream. But it, this version of even though those two versions, especially the early one with with like glam rock and gender bending, I'm pretty convinced that's it. That was an MI6 kind of operation coming out of England. Even, but this is different. Because they've actually, I believe, altered the human to be more um, open and receptive. Genetically or just yes, psychologically? Oh. Mostly genetically. And there's there's a couple through, ways that they through injections? <laughs> could yes. be it could be an onslaught. Okay. Of things, yes. Yeah. So one of the things, I actually did a story on this uh, on my show, is that um, there was an Italian researcher. And I think this was from the early 2000s, around 2007. And he came out with a study that said that an overabundance of sugar in the mother's diet oh, this will, me. <laughs> will lead predisposed, predisposed to one or more of the children identifying with the same sex partner. Oh, wow. Hmm. That's so this is... So there's that, right? There's that. And the other part is the amount of uh, vaccines that, that were part of the vaccine schedule starting in 1985. Okay. Went from what? Three, maybe five at the most to what? You guys know all about oh, this. I got a bunch in Brazil, so I don't know. Maybe well, I mean, in the schedule, it's like yeah. 72 doses across like 16 now, vaccines. Now, but when we yeah. were little, it was probably, you know, 10 doses of yeah, yeah, yeah. three to five vaccines. I don't remember the. It keeps and, it and Yeah, and now, now you have, what, 14, 15? I don't even know how many you have now. And then you have. So if you go back in time, start with 1985, which is when they changed the vaccine schedule. Plus, they made sugar ubiquitous, everything, right? Mm -hmm. High fructose corn syrup, sugar, 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 everywhere, everywhere. So you have people consuming inordinate amounts of sugar that never really happened before. That's going to affect the biology of the individual through the mother. It's just the way it is. Then you have the vaccine schedule. And this is also what this Italian researcher was talking about. And he said that with the advent of all of these vaccines, that they were going to change the human genome. Mm -hmm. And this, this was, and he says, just go back to 1985 and move forward. Well, if you do the math with 1985, and moving forward, you're going to see the greatest amount of any number of things, including, unfortunately, autism. Yeah. Right. There's that. And then you're going to see the other side effect of this, 
which is children who are going to be more identifiable with the same sex with the same sex partner and like clockwork now what happened with i forget his name let me see if i can find this really quickly because people say oh i want to see this want to see this mm-hmm, sure yeah we All can right. put it in the um, show notes or he could share but you have to make him well happy. yeah i mean he well he can i think he's got the setup where he can just flip uh his own he's he's, he's mr fancy pants <laughs> um this is italian researcher uh what is it it is hard to search for things these days yeah, man, you that's have nuts. To be really we were, we, smart we were about talking about that. You use. Like the internet is dead. It is gone. Oh, yeah. They're just, they're, they're loveling it. Yeah. Okay. Now you can do this here. Um, I'll talk you through it. So if you go into, I believe, participants. Okay. You can, you, or no, you can actually give me screen share well we did that but the, the problem we had was when we did it last Let's time try it out. It but last time, it, it stopped the recording was the All problem right, here's what i'm going to do here's yeah. what i'm going to do i got another hack for this i'm going to send this to you in a chat okay you guys have the link and we'll just put it in the uh show notes oh we can open real quick you can even open it yeah you can do a screen share just so people know that <clears throat> i'm not you know you have to Telling show your tale. screen, though. Oh, okay. Let's see here. So, so there's the link. Click on the link and then share screen. Where do I share? Oh, here, share on the screen. Bottom. Here we go. There you go. All right, we're sharing. It's probably pretty small, though, isn't it? Vaccines produce homosexuality, says Italian scientist Gian Paolo Vanoli. An Italian scientist is arguing that vaccination produces homosexuality. One of the main causes represented by vaccines, which go against life, disturbing our mind and our spirit. The proof of that is the increase in the number of homosexuals since mass vaccinations began. This is this is the result. Some of the of Vinoli's arguments, however, have been disputed for more than 30 years. And then uh, I think it's got a link to uh, the- If you uh, read the study, I think he's talking about thimerosal or one of the- mm -hmm. Aluminum. One one of the adjuvants inside of the vaccines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this I thought I thought that that was related to you having, um, you know, cell line, you know, the the vaccines culture and cell lines of aborted fetuses that maybe would interfere. I mean, I, I, I haven't read a ton about that, but I have heard about that as well. And forget about putting this on YouTube now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I no, 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 no. We, we, YouTube just deleted us like what? Three yeah, days we, after. We, we, we were putting uh, clips of our episodes, like little two minute clips to mm-hmm. preview. And cause we, we host on rumble, but we just wanted to give people an idea from an interesting you know, conversation tidbit, then they could link over to Rumble. We put five clips up 
and uh, we got maybe 35 views, and they didn't even give us a strike. They just told us, we deleted your channel because it goes against uh, community guidelines. Yeah, so they didn't even tell us what it was that we did. Not even a strike to say, hey, remove it. It's yeah. like, we don't think you can be salvaged with your five videos, so we're just deleting you. <laughs> That's a badge of honor. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That means we're on the right track. But let's circle back to the realm so that we can... Okay. Uh, let you go enjoy the rest Sorry, of your evening. Sorry, I took evening. you off in a big team. Oh, no, 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 that was awesome. But if you were to summarize this realm and this reality, I guess, this timeline that we're in right now, what is it and how is it different from what it was before? That's a really good question. So <laughs> we, we live in an inverted world right now. Inverted, Every, okay. We're inverted. in the upside down? From uh, Stranger yeah. Things? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Great. Um, there's, no, there's, no, there's no mistakes, right? They're telling you. They're, they're telling you. There's, I have a weird story about that show, too, by the way. But okay. I, I can tell, tell us. Yeah, we'd love it. All right. So, we, yeah, we're, we're, we're in an inverted world. So it's, it's like everybody pretty much born before... 1985 comes from kind of a different place. This is the way it is, right? You have after 1985, you have Pluto and Scorpio, which is the beginnings of the millennials. Like that's when the millennials start being born. And they're different. They're just different than these other timelines or these other. When I say timelines, I'm talking about generational timelines. Mm -hmm. So you guys are Gen X, right? Yeah. You're on the cusp there. <laughs> I am. I'm Gen X. Fab, just go ahead and say you're Gen X. <laughs> okay, sure. I'm Gen X. Proud of it. We're, unless you're on the on the Gen X millennial side of things. I'm 79. January 79. She's fine. You're Gen X. Yeah, she's trying to be different. <laughs> I'm a hybrid. <laughs> um. So Gen X is the last generation that has a connection to what I would call the other world. The other world is a world where people didn't have, for the most part, video games, mm -hmm. right? They eventually pop up in the late 70s, early 80s, but they're very rudimentary. Um, people watch TV, right? People, um, you know, got on their bikes and rode around and went to other people's houses there wasn't this rampant fear. There wasn't this control. There wasn't play dates. There wasn't all these things that began to take shape and form like in the 90s and after the 90s. So Gen X is kind of like this outlier of everything that's gone before it. And there's a reason for it, not only culturally, but astrologically, because Gen X has Pluto and Libra as the defining characteristic so when you get past Libra, you go into Scorpio. And Scorpio is a different part of the chart. In Scorpio, you go off into the deep. You're into a transpersonal realm. Uh, it's not, it's not, it's just not the same. It's, it's really, it's just not the same at all. So you guys have a purview of the world that existed before it began to flip. Okay. And at some point, your worldview, if we continue to, to go down this path, will, will be disputed. 
what? like these th these these things never existed or they were wrong right it's because they have to theoretically wipe out the past so where we are now in the inversion through the saturn jupiter conjunction and this birth cycle to to you know spit out something new like the cosmic baby or um our understanding of who we are perfectly as individuals but also like conduits of God, there's also this tug of war going on that has a lot to do with values, right? So we see this every day now, and this is all part of the mix. And the world that we're living in now has very different values. Okay. Like very different values. We, we live in a much more Iranian world. What is an Iranian world? <laughs> well, like Iranian is, you know, a peop, you know, you have a teacher that shows up in you know six six inch stilettos and he's a 45 year old male and he's got pink hair okay <laughs> um that's a uranium world okay like everything has been inverted mm -hmm. right so we have to figure we have to sort out now how we're going to deal with these values and things that we took for granted mm -hmm. which are really important right they're they're incredibly important and at the same time what do we need to learn from the crazy there's right. something we need to learn about the crazy mm -hmm. we got to figure out and we have to say okay for you what is that well for me it's be, there's two things number one you have to be able to stand up and stand out for things that you believe in even though you're the one that might appear crazy right 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 traditional values family all these things for many years we took for granted these are really kind of outlier positions now at least that's what the that's what the common uh you know the common the the the, the common paradigm you know would would want to have people believe mm -hmm. so so we have to be able to be okay with that and be able to okay with hey we're doing our thing this is what we believe in um you know we're either organic or we're anti-vax or you know, give us the slings and arrows. We'll, we'll be the crazy ones. We're okay with that. Mm -hmm. You don't have to change those other people. Right. Yeah. But you have to be okay with being the oddball. Because mm -hmm. we're the oddballs now. The, yeah. other, the oddballs, the other oddballs, are the, you know, or what we would see as the oddball theater has become mainstreamed. Right. So we have to be okay with being the oddballs. That's, that's number one. The other thing is that when you get into Uranus, you know, you get into things like innovation, um, creation, thinking outside the box. And we have to begin to do that. We have, we have to begin to do that because essentially what we're, we're not really letting it because it's been foisted upon us, but we're allowing somebody else's dark imagination to be imprinted upon our worldview. That's what's happening. And so we have to reclaim our imagination. Okay. That's really important. And honestly, their worldview is bereft of imagination. Mm -hmm. it's, it, there's nothing imaginative about it. Like when I, and again, I'm not here to, to judge another person's lifestyle, but when I see people who are desperately trying to stand out as individuals and they have their faces tattooed and they have a ring in their nose and they got, 30 different colors in their hair. Uh, I'm like, 
there's nothing original about that. There's nothing original. There's nothing individualistic about that at all. If anything, you've been moved into the mainstream norm with the rest of the chattel. Mm-hmm. And, and you're, you're completely deluded to think that by doing this, you're having some great individual statement. It's not. So then, okay, so then it becomes, well, what is that? What does it mean to be an individual? Mm-hmm. And do we have the ability in our own way without all of the, the, the piercings, the, the face painting, the tats, and the, you know, all those accoutrements, can we be individuals? Can we have our own individual path and expression and do it in a way where we don't really give a fuck, right? Because mm-hmm. that's Uranus. But then can we also realize that we are not the end-all be-all of that individual expression because right. there are other people that we're working with. And even the people who are not, you know, theoretically on our team, right? Whatever that is, like, you know, is there any wiggle room at times for them? I get clients, they're, they're not like in my, in my lane. Right. Right. So what do I do? I'm all work with you mm-hmm. to the best of my ability. You don't right? discriminate. No, no, I don't. I don't. And I've had some pretty weird, pretty weird clients. <laughs> There was one I almost did not work with, honestly. But I'm like, let's <laughs> just go too here. too weird for you. Does that even exist? Someone that's too weird for you? <laughs> Pretty weird. <laughs> Pretty weird. And, and, and it's a long story. <laughs> um, so we have to come to terms with Uranus. Because we're seeing all this crazy Uranian energy. It's supposed to be shocking. It's not really all that shocking. I mean, I... You know, I was a punk rock kid. I grew up in the punk rock 70s. People were doing that a long time ago. That's nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to go much further than that to, you know, kind of, you know, raise people's hackles or whatever. I, th- I, th- I think the shocking is the the willingness to put up with it. That's the shocking. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not thing, what they're that's doing. That's a really great point. That's a great point. That's a great point. That is shocking. Yeah. That is really shocking. So we've got to figure, we've got to figure out the Iranian angle. Can we be individuals? Can we do the individual thing without having to be, you know, validated, validated, crazy or out there. And there are some individuals who are like that and that's fine. And that's cool. Right. More power to you. Mm -hmm. But you know, we've got to be able to handle the Iranian thing. We have to have better imagination. I mean, you just look at the world economic forum. It has no imagination. There's no imagination there. It's ber- you know, bereft of imagination. Yeah, it's very dry. It's very, uh, there's just no, uh, there's nothing organic coming out of it. You know, you, you, you can't feel novel. it. novel. There's nothing novel about it. Like mm-hmm. Yuval Harari is supposed to be novel. There's nothing novel about him. Yeah. I mean, and he just so seems like a Bond have... villain, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he is. I mean, he's, it's very, so there's this uh, Outer Limits episode um, with, uh, What's his name? David McCallum. And he plays this uh, Welsh miner. And in the, in the episode, his name is Gail, Gail Gwillem. And he's sort of this rough Welsh coal miner. And there's a guy who's a scientist. And he's working on this experiment where he's trying to find somebody who can be his um, guinea pig for speeding up human evolution. 
Mm-hmm. So he he finds uh, the David McCallum character, Gail Willem, and he starts working on him. So over the course of the show, as his clock speeds up to approximate where humans are going, he gets this massive head, this giant head. He's super smart. He has telepathy. There's one part where he actually looks like Yuval Harari. <laughs> so he's an evolution to the human species. Well, well he's a mutant. A devolution is a mutant. Well, Robert, I, I, I really do want to hear your, and maybe you can take us out. I mean, is there anything else you wanted to cover? No, that's okay. good. That's great. Because I, 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 can you take us out with the Stranger Things thing? Because I will tell you, <laughs> I, I was uh, watching all the seasons and this season, I had to stop watching it because right. it was just so fucked up. And I was like, damn, I mean, who, who's even into this anymore? I mean, it, it this it doesn't even seem like it's uh, there isn't even the camp anymore. It's just trauma, you know? Right. Right. So they, they got you to um, buy into. I dropped off a long time ago. Yeah, she did. The, the, I couldn't the, handle it. Like the thriller, the story, right. The, the, you know, the, the, the sci-fi part of it. Yeah. You know, they, they really got people uh, to buy into that. And then they took him into as they always do, a very, very, very dark place. Super dark place. Okay, so my my Stranger Things story has starts with my college teacher, okay. whose name is Robin Gadjuzak. And, Still living? And, um, no, Robin passed away. Mm-hmm. So um, Robin was a Hemingway scholar. He was brilliant uh, and great, great teacher. Um, and I remember one one of the things he shared with the class, he talked about Hemingway and this whole process of psychic integration. And he looked at the class and he said, some people think you can just take a pill or a drug and get there. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard work. Okay. So I really liked Robin. And um, so Robin, Robin has a son and his son is... I don't know if he still is, but he was one of the producers of Stranger Things. Oh, really? So it's like, oh, that's interesting. His son's name, I believe, is Robert. Yeah, Jusek. So he starts to produce Stranger Things. Now, Robin's brother is the guy by the name of Daniel Gadjuzak. Daniel Gadjuzak was a scientist. And he is the guy that theoretically discovers Jacob's Kreutzfeld syndrome, also known as mad cow. Okay. So how does he do this? He goes to New Guinea and he hangs out with these tribes in New Guinea and they have these funerary practices where they eat the dead, right? So the dead become part of their, their being, right? right? Part of the tribe. So what he does is he starts to experiment on monkeys in the New Guinea rainforest and he cuts open their brains. And basically what he does is he'll take a monkey that's been dead, right? He'll pro- he processes that monkey, that dead monkey. This is how he did the experiment, by the way. And he poured the contents of the dead monkey into the open cavity of the living monkey's brain. What's going to happen? They got Jacob Kurtzfeld syndrome. They got, they got mad monkey or mad cow. So he actually uh, was a co-winner in the 
Nobel Prize for Science when you're be <laughs> by abusing animals. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is where the story gets even weirder. Okay. okay. So eventually he leaves New Guinea, but he takes a bunch of young kids from New Guinea back with him and adopts them. Oh. So now you have the Stranger Things kind of underbelly. Like these kids, they get taken away from their parents in many oh cases. Oh my gosh. And there's a lot of them. Like, I think he probably takes around 20 of them. Okay. And then eventually it comes out that he has sexual relations with these kids. And it's a big deal. There's a documentary that was done uh, about him. And there was a big trial. Um, it, it, you know, it's completely embarrassing for all the people that supported his research. Mm -hmm. And the thing with the kids was kind of weird. Because in New Guinea, they have very different boundaries than we do. So some of the kids just thought it's just another expression of love. They didn't know any better. And the, some of the other kids were like, you know, this is wrong. Like you took advantage of us. So eventually he spends the rest of his life in exile, I think in Finland, trying to do research in Finland. But it's this weird kind of underbelly around stranger things that nobody really talks about is that the producer's uncle essentially was a kidnapper, wow. right? Like a kind of a legal kidnapper under the guise of adoption. Yeah. And then he sets up his, his own little, you know, kind of love factory. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there, that's just a weird kind of angle with stranger things mm -hmm. through, through the guy that I, I studied with. The other weird angle with stranger things is Winona Ryder who I believe is only in season one. No, she's, she's, uh, she's, she's still actually, there. Yeah, she's still in it. Yeah. So Winona Ryder grew up in Petaluma and her father is this guy named, uh, was it Michael, Michael Horowitz, Michael Horowitz. So she's really Winona Horowitz. Okay. And Michael Horowitz is, um, the guy that was entrusted to, uh, basically keep all of Timothy Leary's letters. So Timothy Leary is Winona Ryder's godfather. <laughs> and if you if you go back to like 1994, 1995, there's this girl that goes missing in Petaluma named Polly Kloss. And Polly Kloss was a teenager. I think she went to the same middle school or high school that Winona Ryder went to. Um, and Winona Ryder gets involved in this whole kind of drama with Polly Kloss and she's missing and, and Polly Kloss was an actress. And the whole thing with Polly Kloss gets really weird, like, like very, very dark. You have Richard Allen Davis who abducts her. California starts their three strike law because of Richard Allen Davis. There's actually a weird scene where they pull, they being the Petaluma police pull him over. Um, he's drunk. Um, he has no license. Uh, what do you, what, I mean, who lets somebody go like that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They let him go. And they said, well, our radio wasn't working. There's probably a pretty good chance that Paul Kloss was in the trunk of that car. Oh, wow. Now the, the deeper seedier subtext, which I don't really want to get into is what happens to Paulie Kloss. Uh, but eventually they find her weeks later remains on the side of the road. But Winona Ryder is a big player in all of this. And her father's father 
her father is Mark Kloss, and then her father's father is Joe Kloss, who has this weird connection with like military intelligence and media. And he even wrote a book about Amelia Earhart, who is a woman who goes missing, right? It's, there's all this weird stuff surrounding Polly Kloss, Winona Ryder, who's there, right? And then Winona Ryder plays the mother of the kid who goes missing mm-hmm. in Stranger Things, right? Right. So there's all these weird loops with Stranger Things. Well, that also remind long- also reminds me of Heather's. Remember the movie Heather's, where she oh yeah she takes Heathers. out the uh, all the the girls in high school the the popular girls. There's a great scene in Heather's with uh, Christian Slater, and if you don't if you don't really pay attention, you'll miss the scene. But it's taking place outside of the school, and Winona Ryder's kind of freaking out, and Christian Slater is um, listening to her and they're smoking cigarettes and Winona Ryder lets the match on her cigarette reach her flesh, right? So it burns her flesh and Christian Slater tries to light a cigarette off her burnt flesh. I remember, I do remember that. I haven't seen that movie since high school and, <laughs> I, rem- and I remember that scene, yeah. I thought to myself. And she's looking at him like you're fucked up. You know what I mean? Right. Like, oh my God. Like, like, where did that come from? You know, did Christian Slater method act on that thing? Or was that part of the script? I thought it was genius. He's dead. I'm like, he's, this dude's a psychopath, he, man. He's dead, isn't he? Chris, is he no. dead? He's not dead. Christian Slater. I don't know why I think that His career's dead. dead. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so the whole Stranger Things, see, this gets back to the beginning of our conversation. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably nice. a good place to kind of bring it, bring it into the, into the heart. Bring it home. Here. Bring it home. Where does reality end, right? And where does reality begin? Because when you get into Stranger Things, it gets stranger and stranger. <laughs> when you when you look at the people involved, yeah, like like where does it end? And be like, it's, what's you know what's going on here? Mm-hmm. So if that's true, and reality is kind of plastic in some ways, right? And if people can manipulate reality theoretically to program people, to traumatize people, to engage with dark programming, then why can't people use the same plasticity of reality to do other things? Yeah. Mm -hmm. True, true, very true, awesome. You know, why can't we use that same model, you know, to work magic or heal Mm -hmm. or, you know, do something outside the box that brings us closer with more sentient understanding? So I think that's where, you know, that's where we can kind of, you know. I love that. So let's create. Well, let's let's, let's continue to do that yes. together. Okay. Amazing. Yeah, let's do it together. Yeah. Let's yeah. do it together. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us again. It's been uh, too long. And, you know, you went over the thing about Jupiter. And uh, I know we've talked about it in readings, but I'm going to. I'm going to book with you. I want to focus in on Ju- my Jupiter in my chart and really uh, break that shit open. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, you know, thanks for putting up with me. I've probably rambled a lot today. That's what we yeah, do. That's what us. we do. We, we ramble. ramble. And then we discuss interesting things. We go deep and then we go a little crazy for yeah. the yeah. normal human out there. Yeah. <laughs> All well, right. Thanks brother. for having me on. It's great seeing you. Yeah, it's good great to see you too. you too. Talk to you later. Take care. Bye. All right, Fabby, just wrap up. We just wrapped up with uh, with Robert. What a great conversation! Did you enjoy that? I did. I was. Oh, 
It's my... Oh, yeah. I had you muted. I'm sorry. It's all right. Um, we had... Uh, in talking to a friend, we had some feedback that, you know, they thought they were as weird as we are. And then it turns out we are even more... <laughs> More even weird. more weird than uh, <laughs> they thought. So this is one of those episodes, you know, people just have to be willing to open their minds and try it on. And Yeah, we're not saying that everything is gospel, you know. What yeah, I mean? and, and, and Robert, Robert said that several times, you know, in his view. And that's what really we're interested. What are, what are the different views out there of what this realm is? Because certainly... We know it's not what they tell us it is. You know? So lo- yeah, maybe we don't know what it is, but we're figuring it out. There's definitely some obfuscation. Happening. Yes, for sure, for sure. Um, and one thing we didn't, uh, uh, forgot to have Robert mention was where you can find him. And so I want to run through those things. They will be in the show notes, but uh, he is at, uh, his, his website, his blog is robertphoenix.com. Uh, he also has his uh, 15 minutes of flame dot com. Uh, it's of with OV. It, it is. It's it's a, it's spelled weird because somebody else owned, I think, uh, OF. So he bought uh, 15 minutes OV flame. Or maybe he did it on purpose. Or maybe he didn't. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah that, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's um, cool. I always remember because of that peculiarity. And is that a word? Peculiarity, yes. And, <laughs> and then he also has his... Uh, uh, totally astrology focused uh, YouTube channel, which is 11th House Media. And that is, um, I think you can just search for that. I, that is a on pretty, YouTube. That is a pretty long link, but that's definitely going to be in the show notes. So mm-hmm. again, robertphoenix.com, 15 minutes of flame.com, and then uh, look for 11th House Media with Robert Phoenix on YouTube. And he has this morning show, which you can find in 15 minutes of of flame yeah that's which is daily. great yeah almost daily yeah yeah it's awesome very fun show um and you can always book you know readings with him he's a ama- an amazing astrologer has really helped us make some crucial decisions in our lives yeah and and uh if you guys want to continue the conversation around this episode then join us on telegram that's right uh, at the collective resistance podcast uh, and uh, uh we hope to see you there so yep Anything else, Fabi? No, just um, stay, you know, healthy. Oh, I'm going to add creative in there. Oh, what was that? I know. I'm really not good at this. (laughs) But what do you want to tell everybody? I want to tell everyone, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay curious.